We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Thank you so much, Gary. Appreciate it. It is 735 on this Friday morning, December 8th, 2023. And I'm Karen Michael in for John Reed. You're listening to News Radio WRBA. So, about this time last year, Congress, at least a shock to me, I don't know if it's a shock to our guest, passed a whole new civil rights law called the Pregnant Workers Fairness Act. They also passed another law called the Pump Act, which gives employees the right to lactate at work, reasonable accommodations for that. But this Pregnant Workers Fairness Act went into effect in June. There were no regulations that went with it, so really we didn't know what the rules were. In August, the uh, EEOC proposed regulations in the Federal Register. Comment period has ended in October. We don't have the final regulations out. We're not really exactly sure how all this is going to play out. But it is important that employers know what the rules are and employees understand what their rights are as it relates to this relatively new Civil Rights Act. Jeff Nowak, who is the expert on accommodations, he runs a blog called the FMLA Insights Blog. The, I mean, every employment lawyer reads it for information. That's where we get all of our information on accommodations. <laughs> and he is a shareholder with the law firm Littler. Good morning, Jeff. Thank you for joining us. Good morning, Karen. Great to be with you. I appreciate you being here. We have the ultimate expert, which makes me so happy. So when this this new law, <laughs> this new civil rights law was shoved into their $1.7 trillion omnibus bill, were you expecting that? Because I actually was not. No, you know, it, it was it was um, a, a surprise to so many of us that um, although it had been introduced uh, year after year, going back quite some time, it made its way into this bill last year and, and now is is part of uh, employment law. Now, Virginia did pass its own kind of pregnant accommodations law in July of 2020. And that has not gotten a lot of steam, I'll be honest, here in Virginia. But now we've got this robust federal law. And, of course, the Americans with Disabilities Act always has required there be reasonable accommodations to a qualified individual with a disability. But pregnancy is not considered a disability. So it's always been generally excluded from the law unless there was some additional medical condition attached to that pregnancy. So tell us what is now going to be required, as you understand, in the new Pregnant Workers Fairness Act. Just kind of sum it up for us of what is going to be required by this new law. Well, think of the Americans with Disabilities Act, modeled after the ADA, the Pregnant Workers Fairness Act expands the protections for pregnant employees and applicants by requiring employers with 15 or more uh, employees to make reasonable accommodations to known limitations related to pregnancy, to childbirth, to related medical conditions to pregnancy. Uh, Employers must do so by engaging in an interactive process, a discussion, engaging in communication with Uh, the employee or the applicant to determine whether they need a reasonable accommodation to help them perform their job 
as a result of that limitation arising out of pregnancy or, or childbirth or the, or that condition, so long as it doesn't create an undue hardship for the employer. And what's interesting is that under the ADA, you're never required to remove an essential job function in order to accommodate an employee. That's always been a requirement. Mm-hmm. But under this new law, there's this interesting twist where you're, you're still qualified if the essential job function, if it, the inability to perform the essential job function is temporary and will be removed within the near future, which, as I understand the regulations, is 40 weeks. So if I can't do – so I'm a, I'm a firefighter, and I can't do my essential job function you know, two months into my pregnancy – what is an employer to do to accommodate that? Do they have to remove that person from their job and accommodate that person on light duty, for example, because that was not required in the past? Is that going to be required now of an employer to just completely have this person offline for seven months and and then uh, that, that's the perhaps time? the most unique feature of the PWFA, Karen, um, that an individual is still qualified under this law even if they can't perform one or more essential functions of the job. Under ADA, as you note, um, the individual is not qualified. An employer can always require the employee to perform all essential job functions. That's not the case under PWFA. If the employee can't perform essential job functions, the employer still is obligated to consider a reasonable accommodation. What the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission in issuing these regulations under PWFA, what they have said is that we need to consider reasonable an employee's request to remove certain essential job functions for a um, a temporary period of time. And what, what the agency has said is that could be for the period of their pregnancy and potentially another 40 weeks to a year after that. So we're looking at potentially a two-year period where um, employers will be may very well be obligated to provide reasonable accommodations to their employees under the PWFA. We're talking to Jeff Nowak, who's a shareholder at the law firm Littler. I'm Karen Michael, in for John Reed, and we're talking about this Pregnant Workers Fairness Act. So here's the scenario that keeps me up at night. And obviously, I've birthed three kids. I'm a mom. I am 100% in favor of making sure that our women in the workplace are able to go to work and be successful at work. I'm also sensitive to where an employer might start to worry about even hiring women into jobs out of fear that they're going to have all of the, I mean, not really have an employee for how many years. I mean, it's it's a realistic concern. Um, so here's here's what I think about. And I'm going to get your, I'm going to let your FMLA geek come in in a second, because this is where I know your jam is your <laughs> FMLA insights blog. So an employee starts work at ABC Company in let's say uh, you know June of 2024, and that employee is gets pregnant and is pregnant and is not eligible for FMLA because that employee has not been there for yeah. a year. So the employee gets accommodated as a reasonable accommodation during this period of time, and or let's say the employee has a baby in you know a few months after starting work at, at the company and asks for a reasonable accommodation post-childbirth to take time off. Well, then that person's going to become FMLA eligible. Is that person then going to get an additional three months of bonding period 
under the FMLA because you weren't using your FMLA. You were using the Pregnant Workers Fairness Act. So those two things weren't going hand in hand. Do you understand the question? Aren't you going to get the yes. benefit of both laws? You're almost better off to go to a company before you're eligible for FMLA, take the benefit of the Pregnant Workers Fairness Act, and then get the benefit of the FMLA when the one year kicks in. Karen, you're, you're on to something here. Uh, yes, uh, the, the PWFA would require um, leave, potentially, um, due to pregnancy or childbirth or the recovery after uh, childbirth. And the FMLA, once you're eligible, would allow you to take additional leave from work. So there is potentially uh, stacking of leave that may happen under the PWFA. Because the, the, the FMLA leave is going to be taken for bonding with the baby, which you can take within a year. So right. you, that those two things would, could easily happen. The other thing that my employers are already seeing are pregnant workers coming in with these doctor's notes that basically say my client is, you know, one, one month pregnant and now cannot work any overtime for the next eight months. And, you know, with every law, there's people that stretch it. I don't know why doctors sign off on these things. Uh, there seemed to be no other medical issue that was impacting this employee. She's an office worker. How do employers address requests that seem to be a little much, that aren't don't seem to be legitimate or seem to be taking advantage of the law? How do employers address that? Well, a couple of things, Karen. So, one, they, they have the right in almost every situation to um, – require that the doctor identify the limitation due to pregnancy um, or related medical condition and explain why that accommodation is necessary. So it helps the employer better understand exactly the reason for the accommodation and why it's necessary. Uh, The employer also has the right to engage in further discussion with the employee about other accommodations that would be effective to help the employee perform their job. So it's not as though employers need to roll over on this. Keep in mind that the the law was passed, the PWA, PWFA was enacted to help keep pregnant employees on the job performing their their uh, their job. And so uh, employers have the right to, uh, in almost all cases, to ensure with documentation that the requested accommodation is effective and necessary. And secondly, to um, discuss alternatives that still may help the employee effectively do their job. And real quick, and I'm out of time, but I, I have to ask this real quick question. One of the things that it looked like was a reasonable accommodation proposed is assistance with manual labor. Now, the ADA, you never require other people to work harder or help you do your job in order to be accommodated. Are you sensing that there's going to be a requirement that other employees have to help uh, pregnant workers with their manual labor so that they can do the job? Is that the sense you're getting from the accommodations? Well, I don't, I'm not so sure that the, the, the act is going to require employers to go that far to require other employees to do the job of the individual. So um, now from time to time, might another employee have to help with non-essential job functions? Sure. Um, but I still think that there is some pushback uh, that the employer um, can, can um, uh, require in those situations. Well, if you are an employer 
if you are an HR professional, you need to be on fmlainsights.com because Jeff puts out this blog and it is practical and simple to read. And I know I appreciate it. Jeff Nowak, shareholder at the law firm Littler, I really appreciate you joining us this morning. Thanks, Karen. It is seven. Great to be with you as always. Thank you so much and happy holidays. It is 747 on this Friday morning. I'm Karen Michael in for John Reed and you're listening to News Radio WRVA. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.